Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm your hostess, Natasha Legero. And I'm your assistant. My name's Moshe. We're a married couple and we like to give advice. It's a good day, Tosh. Yeah, there was a rainbow today. There were parades. Yes, we were celebrating a great bargain that I received at my favorite pants store. (laughs) I bought a pair of pants on sale and they didn't fit. They didn't accept returns, but I agreed to buy a pair of pants at a higher price point if they would give me a store credit. And I, I, I like them. The best part is you cornered me and you were like, I need to talk to you about something. Hey. I and need, I was like in the middle of something. And then you're like, it's not important, but I, I, I need to talk to you about something. And you were like, okay, I bought these pants and they're offering me. <laughs> I mean, Natasha. You're really serious about clothes. It's cute. You know what else I'm serious about? Hmm. Democracy. It's Saturday night. It, uh, today's the day. That we, we found out that we are no longer having to have lies shouted at us on a daily basis that, tr- that don't make any sense. candidate lost and mine won and we're like a we're like a real odd couple in that way but natasha how are you feeling oh i feel great emotion i we were in malibu because i said enough with the camping you're taking me to a beach house she said it like that too she said it like a <laughs> everyone loves raymond character she said so, enough with the camping i was like we're going to malibu i want to stay in an actual house for a few nights we and stayed not at an be Airbnb camping during the election which ended up being a mind screechingly long process yeah so there were we, some ups some you, downs yeah it was pretty stressful um but yeah and then we uh we, we drove home today when, as soon as we found out and we decided to take the long way so we could we were going to try to find revelers 
Re- and we found some. Found some revelers. People were just screaming. It was like so emotional. Well, just so you know, Malibu is about an hour away from uh, our house in L.A. We live at 272 <laughs> North Brook Road uh, in Los Angeles in Hollywood, uh, 90042, uh, apartment 7. So if you're ever in town or and... Uh, you like Natasha, you like the cut of her jib at all, come on by. We'll throw you out a pair of panties and you can sniff them. Anyway. But it's an hour. It's an hour drive. And Natasha was like, let's take the long way. I want to see some fucking revelers. We were playing like fun music we and screaming out the window. Honk, the honk. We were being the baby was like quiet. We were being classic honkies. We were honking the whole <laughs> way home. And then about 20 minutes in, Natasha was like, uh-oh. Now, keep in mind... Natasha and I haven't done stand-up in almost a year. <laughs> and our home club here in Los Angeles, the place that we perform more than anywhere else, uh, Natasha has a long history there. I've got a pretty long history there. We both have our names written on the wall, is the Comedy Store, the world-famous Comedy Store. Uh, neither of us were featured in the recent documentary about it. So that's how <laughs> in there we are, you, you, you know. But that's where we perform for two, three, four nights a week right? when, we, when we're stand-up comedy performers. About 20 minutes into the into the long way, Natasha's like, I think we made a mistake. I had to pee. She had to pee bad. And then she said I have to pee. And so our daughter, who's super impressionable, was like, you know what? I got to pee also. Well, also peeing, having to pee during COVID, you're like, because I was like looking for a cup. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather humiliate myself and pee in a cup during COVID than like walk into a Denny's bathroom and maybe get it. I don't think I could keep seeing you if you peed in a cup in front of me. See, I, I knew you would think that, but I would totally do that. You would pee in a cup in front of me? I would ask you to move around, move to, the, like, turn around. I to think. turn around. It's my car. Wait, you would really think that was very unattractive no, if I peed I in a cup? No, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. I've been to Because I was man. saying I wish I had a penis. Yeah, it's I wish you fair. did too every night. I have no problem. Every time we make love, I wish you had a penis. I have no problem peeing by a tree or something. I mean, I haven't really done that, but I was thinking, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll pull over. We'll go by a tree in like a ritzy neighborhood like that maybe has like a lot of shade. Great idea. And then then I'll have... When you're going to urinate outside, you want to do it in a very, very (laughs) rich neighborhood. Well, we were like in Bel Air and like going all, you know, because we took this really long way all through LA. Through Westwood and Bel Air. Anyway, it got to... But, but, But can I just tell you what? In my head, I was like, I'll squat, she'll squat. My we'll kid, squat. just when by a I dip, tree, you dip, we did, and that kind of seemed to make sense for me. But, but you didn't do it. We didn't do that because I couldn't convince you to stop it in front of a house. <laughs> no. And then at about the sunset strip, so we're now about thirty minutes into the drive. Natasha's like, I can't bear it anymore. And there to our left was our home club, the world famous comedy store. Our the place where we are, the place that we we work there. It's we know everybody there, and so I was like, well, why don't we stop there and see if anybody's working. And so, so I, I went. We pull in. And there's there was some, some there was activity. car. I don't know. I knocked on all the doors. You did knock. So here's what I did. I knocked on. There was like three. There was like a service entrance, the, the, the comedian's entrance, and then the other entrance. I knock on them all. And I have to pee so bad. No one comes like in five seconds. So I run over <laughs> to the alley. like right, It's like right around where the door in is. In the parking lot. In the parking lot. She there, squats. There was a little grate. Squats over a grate. <laughs> And starts pissing. And then... But wait, hold <laughs> I just want to say, as I was doing it... The, well, the knocks... Okay, okay, so... Yeah, as you're doing it. As I was doing it, I was, like, happy just to be there. 
why just to be at the store because yeah. <laughs> i miss i miss it <laughs> so and you got was... your so let me just get this straight you got your panties around your ankles you're squatting over a grate in yeah. a hot garbage alley <laughs> you look over at our home club and see your name written on the wall yes. and you go god it's nice to be back home i i it, i wasn't i was just feeling like just being glad to be in that parking lot and then because so many stories, and members. I was thinking that a man would totally do that, like piss. You know, sure. if he had to pee, he could just walk over and then like stand up, kind of like. I, here's what I would do if it's I was a man. Ten o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning. <laughs> but if I was a guy, I would undo my pants and just kind of like pretend say like it I was a little slower. What do you so, mean? Say it slower. If you were a man, you'd. Undo. I would undo my pants. Oh my! Who are our sponsors? The audio porn people. Dipsy, that's right. This belong. This story belongs to Dipsy. I would undo my pants. Oh yeah, and I would pull out your cock. But I would just pretend like I was looking at something. Oh yeah, women can't do that. We no. have to like humiliate ourselves on the floor. Well, listen, you got your way. There's a female vice president. Anyway, <laughs> she's squatting, having a nostalgic memory of every comedy <laughs> store set she's ever done. When the knocking. <laughs> The seeds of knock that she planted <laughs> earlier came to bear fruit. And the man who probably was the janitor scrubbing one end of the club and put it, his mop down. Might I say, did not recognize me. Came all the way out, opened the door. What do you mean he didn't recognize you? I mean, oh, because I, I mean, when I started talking to him. Oh, he, you talked to him? Because you, re- you jumped in the car like, go, 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 let's drive. <laughs> like, let's get out of here. Well, I was peeing. So what happened? And it was getting all, it was kind of oh getting. Oh my God, this is so hot. <laughs> on my legs oh, a little like bit. Sl- I was regretting it. And I also. Hot splash. I also didn't finish the you didn't pee. didn't come? I didn't finish the pee. Okay. you. you so stopped. it was like one of those Mid-pee. like half peas. Half a pee. Because he came out. Mm. And then I, I like. It the was, janitor comes out. He pops there, out the service entrance. But there was like the smallest bit of like space for me to see that he was there so then i pulled up my pants i ran out i think my butt was still showing like uh-huh. and i was like hi can i use the bathroom what did he say he's like oh no 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 we're we were he was just like he made it sound like wait I did was, you say i'm a comedian here no because you were all flustered from getting busted from pissing in their pro- public property of course you couldn't use a bathroom <laughs> you're just some person and of course the janitor didn't recognize you. What do you think? He's a big <laughs> podcast fan? He clearly thought he was like a nice guy. And he clearly thought I was just like wandering around Hollywood Boulevard trying to find a bathroom. Yeah, why would he think otherwise? <laughs> All you had to do is point at your name and say well, that's me. Well, because I thought like maybe the person would like know comedians or something. The janitor? Well, no. Or I, or I thought maybe the janitor, it wouldn't be a janitor. Maybe it would be someone yeah. like a, a comedian, you know? So I, I just wasn't sure. Anyway. But this all- was like a 60-year-old Latino guy. And he did not uh, he, know who you were. He, <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. But anyway, so you should have been like, I'm a comedy store comic. And he'd be like, oh, were you in the dock? And you'd be like, oh, no, I wasn't. And he'd be like, sorry, it's dock only on Saturday afternoons. Well, you know what? I got to say, I had a blast doing it. Oh, you blasted. You blasted. All right. Then we drove home and uh, and we 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 went we went to a corner. And we we danced on a corner for a while, feeling a great deal of relief. Um, and and then in my neighborhood there was a gigantic, insane like d- celebration happening. So I I rode my bike down there, and I was kind of like, 
you know, I was standing to the side watching everybody, and I had a really emotional experience just watching everybody kind of go off. Like, they were so excited, and I had this thought, like, I know the neighborhood, and I know these people. I was like, it was a trip, because I was like, these people are all Bernie voters, actually. You know, I'm sure they voted for Bernie in the in the primary, and here they are, like, celebrating this. And I almost, for one second, then they were like hippies and hipsters with American flags, which I don't love an American flag. I, it's a you know big time deal breaker for me if a woman says I'm a I'm a patriot. I'm I'm kind of I'm out the other. You know what I mean? But but for a second, I had like a little feeling of like maybe maybe democracy is pretty cool. I was so touched by the thing. I texted Natasha, who had stayed home. I was like, you got to come down here and see this. Like, I was just feeling really emotional about the whole thing. And Natasha got in the car, packed the baby up, put her in the back seat. Everybody's, like, cheering, positive energy, good vibes, really cool. People are in the streets, like, cheering every car that drives by. Natasha gets there, doesn't even want to come, right? Well, I already danced on the street. Right. We had already done that. I was like, you got to see this. It was really fun for me. I have a toddler. You do? I I don't necessarily... And and Moshe, you were suggesting to wake her up from her nap to bring her to a potential... COVID party, dance, COVID dance party on well, the street. Well, I was pretty far from everybody. I'm still I pretty I hear sick. you, but with a toddler, they want to run around. It's on a busy intersection. It didn't seem like a fun time to me. At any rate, she was like, <laughs> okay, I'll come. She jumped in the car. She drove all the way down to where this little thing was. And it was like a drive through almost. It was like a drive through car wash kind of people screaming so you could drive through COVID safe. I jump in the car with her. And tr- truly, when we get like to... Like my bike is still parked somewhere. Right. When we get to the point Your of bike. no... When we get to the point of no return, we, we can't turn around. I'm like, this is really beautiful. Look, there's like a drunk gutter punk who stopped traffic and won't move. He gets into a fist fight. The baby starts screaming. Traffic starts closing in on us. Everyone's screaming, you know, fuck Donald Trump. Moshe's having to stand up on top of the car to see what's going on. At any rate. It was like I was at some kind of Mardi Gras. Like it felt it, it felt like... It felt like Mardi Gras, like at four a.m., and I'm driving a car through it. Well, but that I mean, hey, but you know what? They deserve it. People haven't been part. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's so much pent up angst. There hasn't been good news in what feels like a very long time. Yeah. So, so at any rate, today was a good day. Uh, our guy won. But if you're a Trump voter and you listen to the podcast, I would like you to call in. Tell me how you're feeling. Wouldn't that be nice? We don't have any Trump supporters. You think anymore. no? Have we alienated them all at this point? No, it's just like, I, I don't, I just don't, I think. I doubt bitch you're wrong. I think things are a little more divided than that. Than what? They can't log on to apple.co forward slash endless honeymoon and listen well, to some funny advice? I don't know. You do, I, I don't think there's one out there. All right, well, prove us wrong. Uh, we'll talk to you and see how you're feeling in the wake of this. But I'm feeling good, feeling light. I mean, here's the thing I was telling Moshe. Even if he doesn't, even if Biden didn't do anything and didn't change anything, it would still be so much better. And I think that's why everyone's feeling so much relief because like they just don't have this insane person, you know, just consuming their thoughts it was like he like ate your thoughts like he was just like he he we gave him so much of our energy right you more than me i i mean i would at least i had never pressed on a video and actually listened to him like for 
intention, like intentionally, you know, right. like I tried to block it out as much as I could, but he's really like poisoned the, the, the populace. I mean, it's, don't you think? I do. Yeah. And then I, I watched Biden's speech tonight and I was like, oh shit. Like, I don't even know if I could see the forest for the trees with his speech because it's like, obviously Obama is the, was the best rhetorician that we've had as a Bill Clinton too. He, he had some juice, but in my lifetime, probably Obama would be the best like speech giver. And, but I was watching Biden's speech and I was like, God damn it. Like, this is so refreshing. Just a person, even if it's a, a facade, and it probably is, a person pretending to be like decent and anyway. And, and I, Moshe and I were cooking, and it was on in the kitchen in on a on a computer, and he was talking, and it was kind of inspiring. We were trying to cook, and then my daughter came in, and she was there, and then Moshe turned it off, and I was like, no, no, keep it on. And then it just felt so positive that i wanted her to hear it oh to have a presidential speech you want like turn the computer off well it wasn't even a president it was just like hearing this man talk about uniting things and 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 just be everyone feeling like they're together and on the same team and i feel like every time trump would talk i honestly like it was one of my goals to shield her shield him from her well that's the thing that i think and again we're not a political podcast and that that's something i'm actually really looking forward to as well is probably not being dominated by thinking about presidential politics all the time i can we can just focus on this silly secrets and bullshit but it was so difficult to detach your brain so that it would it would always come up on the show at any rate what a pre what a what a nation is so this is me actually being political. But what a nation is, and I, I don't really give a fuck about nations or countries, but I understand that they exist. And what they are, the only power they have, I mean, they're fake. You know, A nation is fake. It's just like it's a landmass that people conquered and decided to name, right? It's like there's nothing inherently true or real about France or the United States of America or England or anything else. So if a nation is anything at all... It's collectively, it's a collective belief system that that there that it exists, right? And and that you can keep going, that it matters, and that it has values, and it has things that make it it, right? And, and the, those things only count if they're agreed upon. It's like money, right? Like you you know, like the idea that money only has value because we've all collectively decided that it does right like money inherently is worthless it's valueless but we've decided you know i mean it really is valueless like it used to be backed up by gold right the dollar used to be backed up by gold in fort knox then they did away with that because they were just like you know what it's a the belief alone is worth the price of gold right it's like i believe that a dollar is worth a dollar even though everybody knows that a dollar bill is worth nothing it's worth the paper that it's printed on right so Money only has value if people believe that it has value. The same thing is true with the nation. Like, it's just, do you collectively believe that that this is a country and that we are a society and that everybody lives in the same place and that we share values and we share laws and we share... Well, the opposite of that is anarchy. Well, I, I guess so. Although there are things like benign anarchies where they all believe in the values of anarchy, right? But, but so when you're so unbelievably divided... Right. When the point, the rhetorical point of 
the, your leader is just to divide, 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 then the shared values fall apart and then the nation mm-hmm. is, becomes uh, rendered kind of inherently meaningless. So like watching Biden's speech, I'm like, you know, even if this is hot air and bullshit, like hot air and bullshit, obviously policy is the most important thing. What- Trump's only instinct is to divide. That's right. And hearing someone who was not talking like that at you, it was just like... He's essential. It it mean, I'm sure the right thinks that it was insincere and that he's going to make us drink Starbucks. (laughs) Right, we're going to drink Starbucks. But that's exactly like, he's basically... And I think that that idea got paid short shrift over the last four years is how important it is if anything, a president's job is, is to feed us. And maybe this is just being a, a sheep that wants to be fed a, an illusion. I don't know. But it's in some way to feed us this idea that the, that the dollar bill is worth that much gold. That the, that, that, we, that the society is actually something that exists. If, you, if there's anything that a figurehead is beyond policy, which is the most important thing, but secondarily, it's that you, you, you become this kind of like lighthouse in, in, in the tumultuous sea of society. So watching a speech where somebody was even a, attempting to do it, what, maybe it's bullshit. I mean, I wasn't blown away by, you know, Obama was very inspirational. And then, you know, four years later, I was like, well, this doesn't seem like things have changed. Well, we're all in an abusive relationship with him. With Trump. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of in an abusive relationship with the government in general. And at, yeah. least, at least we got a sweet talking man now. That, that's that's but worth here's something. the problem, Moshe, is that 70 million people, like almost half the country, did vote for him. Yeah, but he was talking to them too. That's what I'm saying. That, that's if, true. It might be hopeless. I am more of a cynic than I am an optimist. Mm-hmm. It might be hopeless. We're divided because that's what Trump did. Well, I don't believe that. I believe Trump is not the cause. He's a, he's, he's a symptom. He definitely, you know, accelerated it. Yeah, he crystallized a thing that had been sort of bubbling under the surface for a long time. I mean, what do people say? Like the, the, somebody was saying on, on the news the other day, like there's nothing unique about the problems in, in, in this country. What's unique about this country is our inability to face them and take responsibility for them. You know, we just won't look the ugliness of, of, of our country in the eye we choose instead to say like we're the greatest we're the greatest we're the greatest even though half the people hate half the country how can you be the greatest if 50 percent of the people hate each other and you've never dealt with the underlying cause of, of the chaos in your society so what's unique about america is not our problems but it's our our, our unwillingness to face them at any rate, maybe it's time for us to face them. Maybe this is happening now. I don't fucking know. And people don't want to pay higher taxes, I guess. That's, well, that's, what, that's why you would vote for him. Oh, 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 DT. I, I can I almost understand why rich people like Trump, but I don't understand why like working class people like Trump. Well, he was like literally coming back from a golf course today <laughs> to find out right. that he lost the presidency. Like he's not working for us. Like I, how can you possibly think that he is? Like uh, yeah, I, I it guess. makes no sense. If you don't, it, unless you're like really rich and you're like, well, I don't want to pay more taxes. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying you should do that, but I guess what I at think, least that's understandable. I guess what I think probably it is is that the thing I was just describing, which you know, like I've. I'm sure some people are rolling their eyes even listening to that because like what I'm basically describing is a president like 
bullshitting and saying everything is okay, right? <laughs> which is like what this documentary hypernormalization was all about, which is a society. It's so good. I recommend it highly, but it's a society. Hypernormalization. Hypernormalization. It's on YouTube and you can watch it. It's long. And I will give you, I will give you a bottle of truff, um, truffle hot sauce if you can get through it in one sitting. Uh, not uh, only one bottle available. Uh, some exceptions <laughs> do apply. But um, it's basically its premise is that society is essentially ungovernable. Society is, is inherently chaos. There is no way to keep society under order and not just spiral into uh, cycles of injustice and uh, economic stratification and uh, a subjugation of the poor. And the, the society the, the, and the job of government in society is to essentially create an unbelievably elaborate piece of theater to make the people believe that everything's okay. And it's not okay. They know it's not okay. And they're just there like, I guess it's funny because that's the negative version of what I was just describing in a positive way. But I guess if you were, if, if you were a working class person and you started to, because eventually the rope runs out, you're, you're of the of that theatrical performance eventually you go like this is bullshit it's been 15 it's been 46 presidents in a row and i and none of them have done shit for me lately they don't fucking care then you would go well fuck it like i know that everybody's saying everything's going to be all right is bullshit so how about the guy who's saying everything isn't all right and it's just like a creature of pure id and will just like ejaculate pathos all over his first thought just ejaculates out of his mouth doesn't matter that it's coarse and vile and divide and dividing and ugly at least he's like speaking the truth i guess i can understand how somebody goes fuck it let's do that i think that people who are republicans don't want to have to help pay for people who might have less than them that could be true too and i think you either you know that's very reductive but i do think that why do Democrats want higher taxes? Because they want to like help more people. Well, yeah, well, I guess the essential... Okay. And Republicans are like, well, we should, you should do it yourself like we did. Yeah, we want to is... keep all our money and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I guess that is the basic dichotomy of dem- Democratic uh, political ideals and Republican political ideals. Democrats believe in the power of the state and to, equality too. to hit to to help to lift society up yeah. and republicans believe in the power of the individual that that those are the kind of dominating forces in the two camps right and how do you feel i, I feel like i want to help other people i do believe uh, yeah i i think the reason that i vote democratic is because i believe well i think the, both of them are f- filled with vile corruption and and, and hor- horribleness I do think that at a certain size of society, the uh, that the the individual will not help. They are not altruistic enough. The free market cannot uh, a, a capitalist free market that doesn't have regulations on it is incapable of actually producing equality because the corporation and the capital, the market wants more more capital, and so eventually people. I guess I'm. Am I describing that I'm a a communist? I, I can't. No, but I think like eventually I just. It, I know. I was like, wait, so that's what everyone used to always. That, that's like the big thing. Like, oh, you're a communist. Like we don't use that word much. Well, I don't think communism to me is the goal either. I think like this is what's funny to me is everybody wants to say like all the. the first of all, it's very funny to me. And I don't know if this is long winded or not, but it's funny to me that everybody was like Biden's a socialist. It's like all the Democratic socialists were like, 
We fucking wish he was a socialist. Did you miss when he beat the socialist? Bernie was a socialist. And that's what was the trip about this parade today is I was like looking around going, wow, why? All, all these like Bernie voters are like this excited about a little relief on the pressure valve. Like there's something beautiful about that. But even the level that Biden's at, he can still make a difference he, and help people. Let's hope. Let's hope. And you can still keep your, in, you don't have to go to like, we don't own individual property. Right. But to think of calling Joe Biden a, a 47 year career centrist that would have been a Republican in, in the, the 50s and 60s based on his policies, a socialist is laughable because it's like, I wish he was a socialist. And also, the idea of demonizing socialism is so funny to me because it's like, nobody, not nobody, some people, I know some Marxists, some actual communists, I guess they want that. I don't want that. I don't think anybody in the vast majority of people want that. What's really obvious of what works is a combination <laughs> of, of democracy and socialism, a.k.a. democratic socialism, a.k.a. what they fucking do in Europe. And guess what they have in Europe? Super high happiness quotients. They're happy. And they're not like togging, you know, slogging under like the comrade state you know scuttled all of your income and you're now working in a gulag if you don't pay fealty to the state they have it's basically like here but they don't go broke because they need a kidney removed so a cent so a centrist democrat can't can't create that because they can't give you like free health care or something i don't think i think that but i I, and i'm not saying that there's no corrupt democrats obviously i mean there are definitely corrupt democrats (laughs) i guess i think that i just think idealistically it's so superior to being a republican and not wanting to share any of your money well i think that right now biden i honestly have come to believe that biden is kind of the guy for the job i don't think this country as much as i wonder what would have happened if bernie had won I think that the fact that the country's so split now, you might be a Biden, a Bernie supporter and go, Bernie wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been this split. But I kind of think that it would have, and it would have been worse. Like I think that what this country needed with this level of separation was four years, because let's be honest, Joe Biden ain't making it to a term two. Is four years? Let's hope he makes it till January. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, I know what happens if he doesn't. What? Kamala Harris becomes the president. Before before he's sworn in? I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. <laughs> and the House picks... No, she selects a vice president. And then the House has to approve it. They have to say yes to it. To, to her vice president or to the whole package? She can't just pop in a new... Um, oh, she's got to get because, her vice president approved, but she's the president? Right, because we voted for the Biden-Harris ticket. Mm. That is the ticket that won. So we're old Sleepy Joe to go to sleep, go to sleep forever. <laughs> Kamala would be the president, and she would select someone to be her vice president, and then the, it would have to be approved. And also, complete fucking mayhem would occur on the streets of America. Well, that's not going to happen. So so tell me what you were saying, though. I was saying that I think that four years of a centrist who's being leaned on by the left, mm-hmm. but who is also leaning back on the left, is probably the only way... We Trump didn't get a second term. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Bernie would have no won. There's no way Bernie would have beat when that razor-thin... You know, it's possible. Uh, no though. way. It's possible. He no, could have won. He could have won Ohio. 
and because he was like a, a union guy and a working man guy and he's certainly not an establishment politician and also he could have won texas because he had incredible support in the latino community and that support kind of fell apart for biden and anyway this is the most political the way bernie was talking uh, the way bernie was talking about joe biden today i hadn't heard, i've never seen someone's opponent talk so like enthusiastically well, and i think that people are just really excited totally and they're homies you oh, know, I didn't they're know like that. old. Fr- I mean, they've been senators together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to fuck. Do you know that in the seventies? <laughs> okay, Moshe, let's take a call. Okay, so moving forward, uh, this is the most political I think this podcast ever has been and ever will be. Are you going to explain the uh, another uh... the electoral college? Yeah. So basically, the electoral college is well, it's a legal fiction. I feel like you would be able to explain it. I do. I can tell you this. Please don't. No, I'm, no, I'm going to I'm forbid not, you. I'm not going to do it. I will tell you this. Please don't. If you are confused about the Electoral College, I would like a breakdown. No. I did a podcast. <laughs> it's called the Hound Tall Discussion Series. That's true. That's a great and podcast. And it was done in front of a live audience, so I haven't done it since COVID shut down. I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But there is an episode called the Electoral College where uh, it's me, Baron Vaughn, James Adomian, and Dave Anthony, and uh, my friend who's a, a, a prof- he's my, one of my brother's best friends, uh, Professor David Henkin from UC Berkeley's American History Department, comes on and breaks the whole thing down. And it's so much more fucked up than you could imagine. It's so much more based on racism and based on slave owners. And it's so okay, you crazy. Okay, you got to listen to the podcast. Listen to it and you'll understand it. I didn't understand it till I did the podcast. And with that, I will say. Yeah. Let's take a call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's call Alyssa in Queens. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. Hi, can you see us? Yes, I can. Thanks for staying up with us. I know it's late in Queensbridge. Where are you in Queens? No, she's in Queens. I'm in Queens. I'm I'm on Rockaway Beach. Look at you. Fancy. Are you a surfer? My boyfriend is. All right. Can you put him on? Uh, he's at work. <laughs> he's at work. It's one thirty in the morning where you are. What does he do? Alyssa, does your boyfriend like look out at the sea longingly like he really wants to like surf it? That's what Moshe yeah. does all the time. It's so weird. It's not weird. We have loves. We have that's the problem with you ladies is that we have other loves and you feel jealous of our of our lover the sea. <laughs> Yeah, um, he just stares at. He's like, "Look at the waves." I was like, "All right, just go." But um, he's a firefighter, so he has like a crazy schedule. So I was like, "Okay, today works. I can talk in peace." And oh my god, I'm so nervous. I'm so glad I'm talking. Well, you're nervous, but you've managed to drop two huge brags in the first five minutes. You live on the beach, and you've got a firefighter boyfriend, so you're doing okay so far. So what's going on? Uh, how, how are you feeling? Excited that Joe Biden is the president? Yes. Or are you? Or do you? Are you a Trump supporter? We're trying to see if we have any Trump supporters. <laughs> oh my God! No, no, definitely not. And also, I just moved here, so I'm glad that my neighborhood was like cheering, and I was like, okay, I can go oh, along funny. with my neighbors. <laughs> I was like, people were like screaming, and I was like, okay, yeah, but no, not that, not a Trump. That supporter. is a very funny idea to move to a brand new neighborhood on inauguration day, and you're like, is are people happy or are they really mad right now? Alyssa, how can we help you? Okay, so um, I just moved in here. Sorry, I don't want to keep saying that. But um, I actually hate my job. So I'm at the point right now, I'm at my breaking point where my job stresses me out so much. And I've 
been at my my work hours or nuts. I'm like getting up at eight in the morning. I'm working until ten in the morning, and wait, 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 I on, feel like on. you you wake up at eight in the morning and work till ten at night. Yeah. Okay. Got or it. Or around it. like nine p.m. and it's just like long hours and continuous. And I'm like starting out. I'm like pretty fresh in my career. I'm like two years in, and I'm trying to find a new job. But ultimately, I want to approach my boyfriend and saying like, hey. I, and I hate to say this in the middle of pandemic, but I think I just want to just like leave my job and just actually just focus on finding a new job. And I don't know how to approach him on, you know, embarking and trusting myself and being like, hey, I'll cover like what we have on the household side of things. But I don't know how to approach him and saying like, hey, have faith in me. I, I need to like, I need to do this for my own like mental sanity. Do you want to marry him? Um... Oh, man. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, are you guys like thinking of a future together? Like, do you guys ever talk about having a kid together? Maybe not marriage, but like a family? Mm, maybe not yet. I don't think maybe like a family is on the table right now. Maybe another like 10 years or so. Right. So So you want him to f- fund your employment uh, search? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I think I would be able to take care of that on my own. Wait, so what's the issue? You just want him to not think you're a deadbeat? Yes. <laughs> Got it. I think he'd be inspired by you. <clears throat> and that's the thing. See, you don't know if you want to have a baby with him yet. And it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. She has COVID. <laughs> you don't know if you want to have a kid with him yet. But here, let me think about how I want to say this. Doing what's right for you through all of this and being really like bold with your choices and seeing how people react to you, that's going to make you decide if you want to keep staying with them, you know? So like taking these big risks and seeing how he reacts, if he like freaks out and he's like, I don't want you to change. I want you to stay the same. You know, it's like, you kind of know that maybe you you might not want to be with him. And also you might want to go off on your own and meet somebody else or just be alone. That's true. I mean, I don't, I don't think that I want to meet anybody else. It's just sort of like, I don't know if other people have been in this situation before, but like, hey, like, I need to do this like for myself sort of thing. And I mean, jobs, I mean, he has a crazy schedule. So it's like, sometimes he won't even be here when I'm working this late. But, you know, I just, I don't even know how to be like, hey, I want to quit my job. But um, I think you're afraid to quit your job. Mm, That's probably true. Wait, I I have a couple questions. Wait, did you sure. have a breakthrough, Natasha? Or, wait, I don't want to. I don't want to stop your breakthrough. Well, she keeps saying it's like she's worried about what he's gonna think about her quitting her job, and it's like these really long hours. And but he's not really there, so he doesn't even know I'm working. But I'm still gonna pay for it. It sounds like you're kind of afraid to take that risk on your own. And you think she's like doing some transference to go like <laughs> the the thing that's holding me back from making this big decision is I don't know if I want to tell my boyfriend lest he think I'm a I'm a loser. Maybe I don't know. That's interesting. What do you think about that? Yeah. I think that sounds about right. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him to be like, "Oh, wow!" Like she's just gonna just like quit her job. No, na- no, 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 Alyssa. What Natasha's saying is, is she thinks this is bullshit. <laughs> she thinks actually you're afraid to quit your job. You're afraid to make this big decision, and you're making up this story in your head that like the reason you're not quite doing it yet is because you don't want him to judge you. But in fact, like. You could just do it, and you're scared, and so you're you're you. How's that sound? Is that resonating? Yeah, this is really hitting home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Natasha, you made a big breakthrough. I mean, because I'm with Natasha, like 
I think your boyfriend will. How long have you guys been together? A year and a half. And you live together? Yes. Oh, it's New York. You guys have to move together for financial reasons on the second <laughs> date, right? Yeah. But like you guys aren't, it doesn't sound like you're so serious that it would even, like if Natasha wanted to quit her job, I'd be like, dude, that's not acceptable. Like you got to break this down for me because we got a lot riding on like financially, but like you guys aren't even serious enough where he would even have input really on that. Like if you were to, at a year in, if you were to say, hey, I'm going to try a new career, like why would he have input? Like why would he... I, I don't get it and and natasha's right he's going to be impressed by you because he's like he's a kind of it sounds like he's a kind of a deadbeat too he's just some firefighter from new york you know what i mean just some <laughs> fdny guy you know like he's gonna be like wow you're gonna get a real job i've been bumming around in the fire station all these years i have an idea i think you should quit your job and tell him and ask him if he'll float you for two months no she doesn't even want him to float but her. just have him do it so then she doesn't have to get stressed out about her next move right because she's not exactly sure what she wants for her next job she doesn't want to rush into another job she hates just so her boyfriend doesn't think she's a loser why not just see if he could float you and you'll pay him back just so you don't feel like self-conscious for those two months or three months and it's fucking covid like but how ask, are you gonna get a new job but it's asking hard. asking him makes it so that he can have input on the decision. Asking him to pay gives him... He ha- now has stake in whether or not she quits her job because he, ca- he can be like... In two months, he can be like, whoa, you're a fucking loser. You still don't have a job? Where's my money? And that's... I don't like that idea. I hate it, actually. Well, I, I would... You stand behind it? I would... I mean, I see... I know why you don't like it. <laughs> why? Because you don't like... Because, yeah, you know... What? feels anti-Semitic, whatever's <laughs> happening right now. I don't know. Okay, Alyssa, I have two questions. Okay. Um, what do you do now and what do you want to do? What is the thing that you're not doing? So um, right now I do marketing for lawyers, which Why would I, you want to quit I, that? That feels like, to me, it would fill you from, up. From 10 a.m. <laughs> to 10 p.m. Yeah, that sounds like it would, it would put wind beneath <laughs> your wings and give you an identity. It's as significant as what your lover does for work. In terms of personal <laughs> identity and meaning. <laughs> At least he likes it. Um, and I, personally, you know, I think it's so hard to say like, right, it's my, this was my first job out of school. So, but ultimately my goal is to just do marketing like for a consumer, I guess like a product, you know, nothing even crazy. Maybe like a cool like food brand, like something like, I don't know. See, that's like what 80s, I'm saying. Like she, gummies. She, like gummies? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Something, you know, something like food oriented or like, you know, something beverage oriented. I uh, want to get like food and beverage, like kind of like marketing. So you, you, you know? don't even want to branch away from marketing. <laughs> you just are bored to death with No, the... she's creative. Okay. I, she's like, she wants to be in a, in a more creative job. Right now she's like I doing lo- lawyer stuff. Totally boring. Creativity takes time and thinking about like what you want your next move to be. You have to think about all the people you know who are doing what you want and maybe email them or like reach out to anyone you know who you think you know just it's gonna take a while to like figure out what that yeah. is all right so I, have him pay for your rent for two months okay well i've got some, <laughs> i got some idea i i i, I and hear, pay him back i hear what's happening now i once my friend troy is a is an entrepreneur and he started like a thousand businesses and he once said to me uh we were talking about business he said you know what it all it takes to start your own business it, it takes balls 
and I always thought I know there was a little crude and crass, but I always thought there was something right about that. Like to become an entrepreneur, to become to, but not even in your case, an entrepreneur, but to do the thing that you want to do, it takes like decisive courage. Like fuck it, I'm doing it. And a lot of people don't have courage, and that's how they get stuck in the same unfulfilling job for 40 years, just with the sunken cost fallacy of like I've been here already for 30 years. If I make it to 40, I'll be able to do blah blah blah. There is never. What do you always say? There's never a, a bad time to. Oh, never a good time to do a bad thing. Yeah, although that doesn't really apply here. Like if you know you want out, you need to. I would say you pull the trigger now. And here's an easy first step because it's a lot bit more scary to pull the trigger on quitting. You've got this boyfriend in front of you. Here's a very easy first step. You go to him and, and just say. I don't like my job and I'm quitting and I'm going to find a new one. It seems like that's your first step. And then once you do that, it'll become real for you. And then once you say it to your boyfriend, then you'll you'll make the decision and you'll do it. That's what I think. That's great advice, both of you guys. Well, you're welcome. Wow. Good luck. Yeah, and enjoy your perfect life. I mean, it's like it's hard <laughs> to feel sorry for you. You have a mildly unfulfilling job while you stare at the sea and make love to a muscle-bound firefighter from New York. <laughs> Okay, well, he's lucky to have you and have fun. Yeah, good luck out there. Thank you. Thank you both. Yeah, thanks for staying up with us. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I'm. I that's what I think. Hmm. I think so many people. But it's hard. It's easy to say, like you know, just do it. But it's like, okay, well, how do I get a new job? I mean, it seems like that would be so hard. That's what I was saying about Troy. Troy's thing, because that's what starting a business is. Starting a business is truly like cutting all of the ties, putting all of your eggs into a basket and saying, I'm going to see if this works. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it doesn't work. But like with comedy, when I moved to L.A., I was so scared of moving down here. I didn't want to move here. I was so comfortable in the Bay Area. I had a good job. I had friends everywhere, people that I'd grown up with. I was so comfortable. But then I just had this realization, like I would rather try and fail than never try and feel like a failure for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Just know that I never even gave it a shot. And so that's what got me to move. And then something else somebody once said to me, I should have said this to her, when I was moving down here, uh, I was all nervous about moving and this girl said to me, uh, I think her name was Gia, not that that matters. She said, you know, you can always move back, right? And that took away all of my anxiety about making this big leap of faith because I was like, yeah, right. Nothing's permanent. Even the huge swing you take isn't permanent. Well, you, it, could, it could cost you all your money. Yeah, but you can then get a different job. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's not like the marketing of lawyers is going to go away. What if you have a family? Well, she doesn't. Right. That's why it's when you're young is the time to take swings like that. That's because true. when you're old, you're either in a good position like us where you chase your dreams and things worked out for you or you are kind of or you're happy with what what you're doing or you're stuck a little bit because you've got bills and a family and a spouse that depends on you you know what i mean so that's why you do these kinds of things when you're young that's what yeah i i believe strongly in taking a swing what did joseph campbell say follow your bliss mm-hmm. her bliss is gummies <laughs> should we listen to some secrets yeah Hi, y'all. Love the podcast. My secret is that I uh, accidentally fucked a libertarian. (laughs) So I had been sexting with this guy from one of the dating apps, and I had every intention of doing, you know, a socially distant 
date, um, but instead just invited him over and we fucked immediately. And then afterwards, turns out he is a libertarian and thinks that uh, women's brains are smaller. Now, the worst part is I'd already realized I never was going to speak to this man again. So I fucked him again. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, don't don't fuck libertarians. Wait, libertarians believe that women's brains? No, that's not part of it. He was an asshole. Oh, the libertarian okay, okay. was the least what's, of your so, words. So what's the worst part of it? I don't really understand what a well, libertarian Well, it's connected is. to what we were talking about earlier. Now, if you think Republicans are like the individual and uh, and the Democrats are like the society, the the libertarian is the is the dem is what is democratic socialists are to the democratic party what libertarians are to the republicans they're further not in the they're not more conservative they're more in the individual rights thing they're like so is this girl a republican why is, why does she think a libertarian is so reprehensible well they are they can there is something i mean if if you think that a society not paying for its poorest people's needs is reprehensible, then you would think the Libertarian Party is really reprehensible because they really believe that. They believe, like, cut all of the ties. Government teeny tiny. Only the most oh. functional, like, military... Wait, so they're, they're more conservative than Republicans? I wouldn't call them more conservatives. They believe more in, in the individual... I they, see. They, they don't, don't want to help at all. Zero. Oh. No help. No taxes. No government-funded... Government is uh, is a little like teeny that. tiny p, and and the market and the individual does everything. I mean, the government does nothing. I mean, they would take away public funding of roads. Some of them, they would take away public funding of schools. They, no public school, no public roads, no public. Pub, let the market figure it all out. Actually, I just saw this comedian, Yanis Papas, a New York comedian. Uh, he had a bit about libertarians. I thought it was really funny uh, about the free market. Anyway, I've never met one. Well, okay, you've never met one. Here's an interesting factoid for that ass, since it is um, uh, election night. You know, everybody was like all angry at uh, Jill Stein when... Um, is she a libertarian? No, she's a Green Party person, oh, right? that's better. She's actually, Green Party is probably to the Democratic Party what libertarian is to the Republicans. I think that's a more accurate uh, analogy. But remember when people are angry at Jill Stein mm -hmm. because she took some votes away from, I don't Gore, I think, right, in 2000? And they were like, oh. No, that was Hillary. And they were mad at Bernie about Hillary, I think. But anyway, whatever. People were mad about Jill Stein. Anyway, they were like looking at the margins. Whatever. So Donald Trump, you know, he ran a very competitive election, right? As we know, and in almost all of those states, the margin of vote differential was really small. Well, Joe Jorgensen is the name of the libertarian presidential candidate. In every state that Donald Trump lost, uh, the libertarian who is probably, if you don't vote libertarian, you're probably going to vote Republican. In every single state, Joe Jorgensen got like just over the amount of votes that Donald Trump would have needed in order to win. And so in the same way that all these like, you know, angry anti-Bernie people were like lambasting Bernie for four years, they're over there right now they, uh, on, on all these like right wing Reddit <laughs> pages, just like you fucking libertarians, you, t you took this away from us. So now they're having the exact problems that the Democratic Party had because of Joe Jorgensen. And I just want to say thank you, Joe. And thank you, libertarians. Without the libertarians, <laughs> Biden would probably probably not be president right now so thank your lucky stars for old jj and i think you should fuck that guy because 
You clearly liked it. Yeah, I know. It was obviously good, right? <laughs> it was good sex. Can you imagine how imagine how good at sex that guy had to be to say something like women have smaller brains and then you're like, I'm gonna go back for more. Have you ever fucked somebody you dislike? I feel like I've asked you this before. Honestly, no. It's a special kind of sex. Where you're just like, ugh. But mm. <laughs> also, mm. All right, I get it. Yeah. All Let's right. play another secret. Hey, here's the secret for you guys. I, in the summer, was um, I was exposed to somebody with COVID. So I had to go into a self-quarantine, like alone in my room. Now, I have a husband who has a job outside the house. Thank God. And I have four children. So it was an awesome mini vacation for me. I was alone in my room for two weeks and my kids couldn't come in and bother me. They had to take care of each other, which was really nice. At some point I got bored, started going through my closet, found some weed and some old, um, God, what is it called? Freaking, uh, you know, rolling paper. Rolled myself a whole bunch of joints and, oh God, the rest of the time just passed blissfully. Did she say she had COVID? I wasn't clear. So So for two weeks, she just like didn't talk to her family. And just was chilling out, blowing. Smoking uh, weed in her closet. Yeah, just blowing trees. (laughs) And like, it's a funny idea. She's like, I may have this lung infection, but until I find some evidence, I'm going to just like smoke. I do think COVID is giving us some good memories. (laughs) That's going to be a great memory. A COVID memory? The two weeks, I mean, obviously, it's it's given us, you know, horrible deaths. But I'm what I'm saying is, if you try to look at the bright side... Of those deaths. No, deaths aside, obviously, that's awful. But I'm saying all of us going through it, quarantine, not being able to see people... There have been some... You know, I feel like we're being able to create some memories. <laughs> that's real. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, even if they're bad sometimes. Well, that's what I said. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, Laura, if I did cut this out, but I saw this tweet from somebody that was like talking about COVID and like, I can't believe that the ineptitude of blah, blah, blah has robbed us of a full year of our life. And I was just like, I was like, that's bullshit. Like, it didn't rob us of life. This is life. Life is filled with this. It's filled with challenge. It's filled with weirdness. It's filled with, you know, circumstance and then well, you make the best of it. But then people die and, you well, know, and, and then if someone close to me died, I think I would probably, I mean. I got a couple family members I could do, do without. <laughs> I could think of a couple of distant cousins. I'm uh, just saying. Let's play another secret. Hey, Moshe and Natasha, big fan here. Love the podcast. Um, I've got a little secret. Uh, so basically, when I manscape, <laughs> I, I will do pretty much head to toe. I'll cut my hair. I'll trim the chest, everything all the way down to my feet, whatever, legs. Um, uh, so what I do is I usually lay down a towel to manscape. It kind of makes cleanup a little easier um, because all the, the majority of the hair ends up on the towel. Well, then what I do, um, I live up on the fourth floor of my building in the city, and I would take the towel outside over my um, patio and clean it off the patio. Um, and Ew. that's kind of what I do. I Sometimes I feel bad for any of my neighbors that live downstairs, but also I kind of don't really care. So. Uh, 
and it's pretty much all hair, whether it's from my head, from my chest, from my butt, or my pubes. It's all that hair, and that's uh, kind of how um, I end up cleaning up the mess, and that's my secret. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. You know, my friend said to me the other day, he said, you can tell a lot about a person, uh, how, how they, what they do with their dog's shit. <laughs> and the same goes for your pubes. You can tell a lot about a person don't, by what they do with their trimmed with, pubes. Yeah, don't throw them off a balcony like an old European woman dusting a rug. <laughs> and then all these gets in this kid's hair and m- m- women's faces. Don't do that, please. And if you're going to do that, use Manscaped. I mean, I Manscaped. get it. Manscaped. I get it. I get it. I would, I, I, I could almost, I think I would do it, but like the third time I would feel like, oh, what if this like, if it's busy and there's people walking by. Does he live in New York City? He, a fourth floor apartment. Yeah, that's not good. I guess, you know what? If no one walked around, I might maybe do it. Oh, so now you're on this guy's <laughs> team. <laughs> if it was like, si- like if it was, if it was just like, a yard. If it was like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> and you're listening to ABBA, you're high, dancing around naked, no 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 hair whatsoever on your entire body. Most you'd, of, yeah. You'd flap in the wind. What? Do you shave your legs? Hell no. What, what, how, he he was almost seemed like he was trimmed his leg hair. No, he's he 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 shaves his legs. He cut he cuts all of his body hair off. That's a lot of hair to throw off a balcony. Depends on who he is. Depends on how hairy he is. I like that he if, wouldn't if, say pubes the first time he went through his whole body. He's like, my hair, my armpits, my arm hair, my uh, knuckle hair, my leg hair, my thigh hair, my uh, my back hair, my uh, my lower thigh hair, that's my why shin I'm hair. Saying he's clearly hairy. Yeah. Anyone who's got like a ritual around grooming their hair like that that frequently, a man, don't you think? If you have to like, kinda, well, I guess you need a haircut. It's kind of cool if he does opera while he. Uh, unfurls the the hair sounds like a good time speaking of good times i think now would be a good time to do another phone call okay let's call joel in nampa idaho what's going on there nampa Okay, now I told you we have Trump supporter listeners. <laughs> Do you think he's a Trump supporter? Let's find out. <laughs> he definitely will know a Trump supporter. See, I don't even know anyone who knows. Well, no, I know people who know. Well, them, what are you talking I don't about? Know Your any. family, there's Trump no. supporters. Yeah, the cousin. There's, they're not. Oh. I don't have any. But I my heart goes out to people who, who do. Hi. Joel. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, you're not a Trump supporter. We can tell based <laughs> only on your hello. How did you, you know? Well, you just you you have some tells, Joel. I don't no, Joel. <laughs> I told Moshe today that we don't have one Trump supporter who listens to our podcast. I'm and, sure we do, and he thinks we do. Really? <laughs> What's up? I don't know. <laughs> What's up with Nampa? Uh, it's I don't know. I don't like it here. Are you from there? No, I'm from North Bend, Washington. Um, How'd but you I end go up to college. Oh, okay. You're in college. Well, my brother in went to the. No, my my brother went to this Nazarene school, and I'm like, I should go here too. But I'm here now, and I just I don't even like it. So I don't know what I'm doing. Who would have thought that the college experience wouldn't be exciting at a Nazarene school? <laughs> Who could have thought? Wait, does that mean that it's a Christian school specifically? Jesus of Nazareth, uh, <laughs> is or like his his like you're like his sect kind of right? Of is that a special sect of Christianity? 
Um, kind of. I mean, there's like a Jesus statue in the middle of campus. Say no more, so. Joel. We got where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty gay. So, yeah, we I don't know, know Joel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's why be... we could tell you weren't a Trump supporter. Well, no, I'm curious. Does a Jesus heavy school like that, does it accept you for being gay? Well, like people aren't like mean to me, but like during prayer time, like guys won't hold my hands in the circle. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the only issue. Wait, aren't they supposed to be saving the sinner? I mean, isn't aren't you their, their you should be their prime target? Yeah, I know. I'm like I'm the only one with a personality here. I bet that's that true. Is- awful but i also doesn't even make sense if there's one forgive me joel if this is too much it's fine if there's one gay guy on campus and that's the guy that you won't hold hands with you're guaranteeing that he won't become your kind of christian he's like you're an asshole why would i join up with you (laughs) i know and also i have a quick story yeah so there's this guy like just like staring at me and i thought he was like checking me out so I don't know, like, how to ask people if they're, like, straight or gay without being offensive to them. So I was just like, oh, like, I DM'd him on Instagram. I'm like, oh, are you, like, a straight man? And <laughs> That's a good, very direct way. He said he is, but I, like, messaged this guy from Tinder who talked to him, and he said they were sending, like, pictures to them, to each other. So I'm like, oh, he's probably not straight, but I don't know. And he was just staring at you? Um, yeah, we, well, I do intramural volleyball here and he was on the other team and he would just stare at me across the net. <laughs> so, and just like smile. Like, and, like, enough to out. make you come on to him or make the first move well, and be jo- like, yeah, right. Joel, this is not a complicated thing to figure out. Like you're out and seem pretty self-assured and comfortable. Why yeah. you're at that school, I cannot fucking figure out. But I don't know. He's there for. He always wanted to live in Nampa. Yeah, everybody wants to go to Nampa. It's every every gay boy's dream (laughs) to spend four years. But this guy, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of not as comfortable with themselves guys at the Nazarene school in Nampa. Right. Yeah. There was this other. There was one other gay guy here, and he's in the closet, and he he just like shakes. Because he's nervous all the time. Oh my god! Do you no. hold his hand during prayer time? <laughs> yeah, if you I guys wish. are next. <laughs> Wait, why don't you befriend him? I don't know. Well, I did like him. Then he like bleached his hair. Yeah, I'm like I'm over him. I'm with you on that. But what about just a friendship? No, just honestly, you-, you should pressure him to come out of the closet so that you'll have somebody to pray with. Because then they'll always be like, "Okay, you two guys got to pray together." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's just a scared boy. So. Yeah. So how can but we he's help? over eighteen. So how can we help? What's know. up? What did you call for? Was um, it just to tell us tales? So <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, this is a real issue. So um, there, because our advice, have, by the way, before you even ask, is to get out of Nampa and go to a different school. I know. Degree. I need to move to like L.A. or something. I don't yeah, know what I, I'm doing I can here. give you a list of cities you need to move. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I don't know. I kind of try to like convince myself I like it here, but I just I'm just not a fan. Okay, so tell us tell us what happened. Um, okay, so I have this math lab class with this one professor, and her son is gay. And one day in class, it was really weird. She like had him bring her Chick-fil-A 
So like in the middle of class, she was just like chowing down on Chick-fil-A in the corner. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be teaching us? But besides that, her I found out like her son is gay because she had us take a class at her house, which is super weird. But her son was just kind of like staring at me and I was just staring at him from across the room. Um, I didn't learn anything in the class, but uh, then he started DMing me and now we're kind of talking, but his mom doesn't really like gay people and like I'm her student. So I'm like, I have no idea how to, like what to do, you know? Cause what if like she finds out somehow that we're like- I feel like you need to get out of a city that doesn't I told you, it. I told you this was gonna be our advice. Didn't I tell you before you- I mean, asked. Idaho's not that bad. No, Idaho's beautiful. Definitely it's a gorgeous <laughs> But like you only know con- three gay people and one of, and like they're all connected to people who hate gay people. Yeah, Joel, it's not yeah. Idaho. It's the combination <laughs> of Idaho and Christian school that we're having a hard time with over here. Where, you, where your only option is the sh- the shaking closet case or your professor's <laughs> son <laughs> who delivers Chick-fil-A, the most oh, anti-gay God. fast food available. <laughs> You're right. And I went to a Christian high school and a Christian middle school. So I just I need to get out of like. Are there the any cycle. Christian schools in Manhattan? Yeah, there are. That's the other crazy thing. There are Christian schools. You could have been doing this in the big city. <laughs> I've never been there. So why well, do you want to go to a Christian school? He's it's what you're used to, huh? <sighs> well, I was like, it's small. What's and your I major? Also, What's your major? Well, I was in nursing school, but I failed out. So now I'm in elementary education. <laughs> so disappointed He's like, I couldn't be a nurse, so now I guess I'm gonna teach your children. Uh, <laughs> no, the professors were so mean. Like, um, one of them told me I had like brain issues, like because I couldn't I wasn't doing well on the tests. Wait, Joel, so, what year are you? I'm a junior. Can't you transfer? Yeah. I guess it's almost over, huh? Yeah, I'm just like waiting for it to be over. I'm Wait. like, maybe they, they said I could transfer to another Nazarene school. I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. Where are the other Nazarene schools? Um, There's one in Chicago. Fucking immediate move. <laughs> I mean, what? I know. I'm thinking about it. What are you thinking about? There are two gay people you've described, and neither of them are viable options. And your professors <laughs> think you have brain issues, and your other students won't pray with you. And they won't hold your hand. They won't, they hold, they won't hold my Get out. They won't hold my hand during prayer time. Yes. Well, they're, just, like, I'm so ostracized. Well, but they're ostracizing you. It's not that they won't hold your hand. It's that they're making you feel like you don't belong. But you want right. that degree. But hold right. on. Or I maybe they didn't want to get turned on. I don't that, know. Well, of oh, course. Like that. But, yeah. <laughs> what, but what's your question, Natasha? Sorry. I think that you seem extremely passionate about elementary education. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's my favorite. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, because you did just flunk out of something, like maybe you should reexamine. Like, did you really want to do that? Because maybe in a different program, you wouldn't flunk out, you know, if, if that was something that you still want to explore. I, I don't know. I just feel like if you get into a more accepting environment and I where you, you have like a better situation, like all of your energy isn't consumed with like DMing people and, sta- you know, they stared at you and, you know, it's like having to like come mm-hmm. on to people. Looking and- through Idaho pines to see if yeah. somebody's looking back. <laughs> but then so much of your energy won't be consumed with that. And I then agree, maybe Natasha. you can like take some time and like, 
you know, maybe it is a Nazarene school, but maybe it's something else. And maybe you have a friend who goes somewhere that they really like, or you've heard of a city or I don't know, like, I'm sure it's nice to have, like your brother was there. So I totally understand wanting to go where someone else went. I mean, that's a scary thing going away to go to college. I, I went to Illinois State University. I drove four hours, you know, south and from my hometown and I didn't know anybody and it was scary. Wait, I have a question. I have a few questions, but I think you're on to something really smart, which is that that you being consumed with how weird the environment is, is probably connected to why school isn't like knocking out of the park for you. I mean, you have brain issues. It's like, yeah, duh. You know, like, of course I think you have brain issues. Like, Also, that's not something you say to someone unless no. you are a doctor. Or- I know. It's just, it's all, it's all this weird culture you're in. But wait. And can you literally you, have a brain issue. Can you do a, can you do like a senior year abroad? Is that an option? Yeah, I can for one semester. That's not going to so. help him focus. He's just going to like <laughs> get on Tinder and never get off in Europe. Yeah, go to Amsterdam. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Like, even in the nursing program, they're like, oh, like 50% of our students struggle with depression. And then they're so rude to us. I'm like, I wonder why. <laughs> That's because of you. It will, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait. Okay. Wh- our, our advice is hard, though, because it, it, it's it, it not requires easy. uprooting yourself. And your advice is the hardest, right. which is leave the Nazarene school that he's almost graduated from. So that's why I'm trying to think is there another. He didn't you- almost graduate. He doesn't even know what his. He, 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 he just. <laughs> Took an elementary education well, class, his first one probably this week. Well, a, and he, you're a junior, <laughs> like a though, right? It means like this is your second no, to last year. No, I went year. to college for nine years. He's not graduating next year. <laughs> well, I took summer classes, so oh, I can yeah. graduate on time. Okay. okay. So where well, are these I'll... other Nazarene schools? Break them down for us. Um, There's one in uh, California somewhere. Where? That's you all know? I know. Just it's... California somewhere. We have parts of California that are (laughs) Idaho, just so you know. Well, it's called Point Loma. Where where is that? San Diego. Um, That's San Diego? Yeah. Okay, where else? We got Chicago, San Diego. Give us one more and then we'll tell you. That's all I know. Okay, okay, okay. San Diego. Wait, wait. Now, where could you you go abroad? Um, I think Costa Rica. My brother went there. Okay, enough. Follow your brother's (laughs) footsteps. Next semester, this is very simple. This isn't even the answer you were asking for because you were trying to figure out how to fuck your professor's son. But (laughs) our advice is very clear. In your senior year, go to Costa Rica for a semester and then graduate from the Nazarene school in Point in san diego there's a great gay scene in san diego it really is there's a big there's a whole part of town that is the gay part of town and it's awesome and everybody loves it costa rica super awesome get out of nampa Uh, yeah i need to go you need to go don't (laughs) fuck your professor's son get out of nampa find some costa rican boys find some san diegan boys and then find yourself at the end of it all and you might want to think about where you see yourself in five years maybe move there and finish there or you know or start all over there you know because if you're going to graduate in a year and if you have to fuck the professor's son just wait until your class is done and then dm him and you know have (laughs) have as much fun as you want where are you from um well well, I was I was born in Fresno, California, but I've lived in Medford, Oregon for like most of my life. Oh, but nice. I moved to North Bend, Washington last year. Got it. 
So you're like, okay, a- that's like the rundown of my life. <laughs> okay. Well, we want to give you more life. Costa Rica, San Diego. At the end of that, you'll be, you will have had all the fun you could possibly have, and you'll be ready to settle down into an elementary school slash nursing situation. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hopefully. And don't fuck your professor's son. Yeah, we don't think that's a great idea, but if you're going to do it, I say wait till the class ends. He'll never tell. But his he's mom. really nice. He's going to do it anyway. Obviously, you're going to do it anyway. But just wait. Wait so that she can't fail you. That's that's the only thing you have to worry about. You never have to worry about... I don't know if you know this already or not. You never have to worry about not offending people whose belief systems are offensive. They can all go fuck themselves. So you never have to go like, well, she's homophobic, so I probably shouldn't fuck her son. Her son. It's more like, fuck her. She's homophobic. I'm going to fuck her son. I'm going to do it on her desk over the, <laughs> over the coursework. Um, right. All right. Well, good over luck, the, Joel. Over the Jesus poster. <laughs> or, or the <laughs> if you really want to go out with a bang, over the statue. Okay. That sounds amazing. All right. Good luck. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Nampa. That must really suck to have people like ostracize you. Yeah. I'm sure it sucks. Like he, to, but, to just be like, oh, that woman's known for not liking gay people. But that dude seems so resilient to me. I'm like, to me, that's a person who's just waiting for his life to start. And that's yeah. why I was just like, get out now because your life could start tomorrow. Right. If that dude did a semester in Costa Rica and finished his, his schooling out in San Diego, and was just like, I do my school, but I go to San Diego every night and have fun. It's like he wouldn't even remember this chapter of his life. It's just like, whatever. So I don't think it's a big deal at all. Uh, I think that dude will be fine. Yeah, I'm excited for him. I'm yeah, that's uh, to me honestly, he was such a uh he has such a good attitude about it all. I'm just like this is just going to wash off his back. Like ju- like so much come. <laughs> uh, speaking of come, come and follow us on Instagram. We're at endless honeymoon pod and you can obviously you know our URL is apple.co forward slash endless honeymoon. If you haven't yet subscribed or rated our podcast, it really helps us when you do that. Rate and review the podcast. Give us five stars and a review. It's really, really helpful. And if you have a question, uh, why don't you send us an email at endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail. And you can also leave a secret on our secrets hotline. And that phone number is 213-222-8608. Give us a call. We love getting your secrets. If you are a Trump supporter, but you love the podcast. Oh, my God. I would love to meet you. Hit us up. We want to talk because we love you. Even Oh, there is one, I bet. I bet it's like a rich girl who like her dad. Like, that's a problem with Republicans. They usually have Republican parents. (laughs) Listen, we love you if you voted for Trump, even if uh, we strongly disagree with your worldview we still want to have you on our podcast so we can make fun of you we love you and we love each other and i love you i love you too